0: Hello, this is Robert Fleming, an attorney with the Tucson, Arizona elder law firm of Fleming and Curdy PLC. And you're listening to Elder Law Issues, our weekly podcast. With me is Elizabeth Noble Rawlings Freeman, my law partner. And uh, today we're gonna talk about community property, Elizabeth. I think this confuses, terrifies so many people, the notion of community property. Arizona is a community property state. That's what we kind of live and breathe is community property. And it has never seemed to me to be all that complicated. Do you think we can kind of simplify the community property rules? Right after that, maybe we'll do the rule (laughs) against perpetuities. Oh,
1: Robert. Well, when I think about community property, I think about actually one of my most favorite classes, best classes I had in law school. And Jamie Ratner, if you're listening out there, you rock. It was one of the most useful and interesting and incredibly challenging law school classes I took, Robert. Community property is something that people think they understand just because of the two words, community and property. Mm-hmm. But in fact, it's, actu- it's, it's a maze of issues and can make for some tangling web of, of legal complications when you do estate planning most important thing that I talk to people about when we discuss community property is the fact that in Arizona, if you're married, that once you're married, the property that comes into the marriage, unless it's a gift, is presumed to be community property. However, if you get a gift, so if you inherit money from your parent or your grandparent, that's presumed to be separate property. The question is, is where do you put that gift? Is it going into an account with your spouse? Is it going into a separate account? That's where things start to get complicated. But on the front end, that's one of the very first misconceptions that people have is if I give a gift to my son or daughter, it's going to become community property. And we have to talk to people about that pretty routinely with their estate plans.
0: And sort of related to that, people have the misunderstanding, the misapprehension that if they get married, suddenly in Arizona their spouse owns half of their stuff and that's not correct. If you bring separate property into the marriage just like a gifted property uh, it remains your separate property. There are a lot of ways that you can turn separate property into community property and we're going to talk about that in a minute but at the inception property that you brought into the marriage or that you received by gift or inheritance is not community property. Uh, So that if you get married, your new spouse does not automatically own half of the assets that you brought into the marriage. And similar to that is somebody who lived in a non-community property state and had their assets however they had them. Maybe they were separately titled. Maybe they were titled as joint property. But if they were titled as separate property in Ohio or Iowa or Illinois under a non-community property regimen and you moved to Arizona that doesn't turn everything into community property as you drive across the Utah-Arizona border. I use Utah because if you drove in from New Mexico or California, you've already crossed a line into a community property state uh, because the community property states tend to be in the south and southwest. Uh, That's not, not universally true. but um, So community property, the concepts are, are often misunderstood. But now I talked about how easy it is to turn separate property into community property. Can well, you maybe give us a couple of illustrations? Well,
1: Robert, the phrase is co-mingling. So if I receive a gift from anybody and receive that gift and I'm married here in Arizona, that's a presumed gift that will be my separate property. Now if I put that gift into an account that is jointly titled that I share with my spouse and then all of a sudden those funds are invested and they're starting to earn income and those funds grow Then all of a sudden, I have to give some consideration to community property issues, particularly if that joint account is an account where my spouse is also putting money, perhaps money that was earned during our marriage. So I talk to people about making gifts to children, and what I tell them is that if you're going to make a gift from your estate to a child of yours, or any person for that matter, and you make a gift outright... And that person puts it into a joint account and they live in a community property state. All of a sudden, they may have started to commingle that asset. And you can't, it's very hard to keep it separate at that point. So I encourage people to do some trust planning often for. Any individuals who may be living in community property states, if the goal is for that gift to always remain separate, it makes it a little bit harder to commingle with other assets. And once you start to have commingled assets, then you get into community property issues. Another thing that I would say, Robert, about when assets become community property or the growth of an asset becomes community property is when we look at something like a retirement account, which we frequently see in estate planning cases. And as many people who are listening today know, if you have a retirement account like an IRA, that's not an account that's a joint account with a spouse. That's an account that's your your separate account. However, if you're married and you're living in Arizona and you're earning money that's going into that IRA and that money is growing, all of a sudden you've got some community property issues
0: right your spouse uh, may not literally own half of it but the but the community may have a claim against the the the, what would otherwise be separate property to satisfy the community interest of the of the spouse who's not named on the account Uh, and and that's a, a distinction that people need to understand that it's one thing to turn your assets your separate assets into community assets, and it's a different thing to have your separate asset uh, acquire a community claim against it. That may not be a fifty percent claim, for instance. It may be just the earnings on the on the property. If you if you are employed in developing the earnings, for, intre- for instance, so you inherit a large um, investment account and you work eight hours a day investing that account. Well, it's separate property, but you might have a community claim against the property because you enhanced it by the value of your labor during a period when you were covered by community property rules. You said earlier that the rules are complex and they are complex, but they're at root. They're sort of simple. They're sort of straightforward things that you acquire during the marriage while you live in a community property state. Are owned by the community, and there's a 50 50 interest in the community. Not literally every dollar gets split, but the two spouses have an undivided one half interest in everything that's acquired during the the period of the community.
1: Robert, can you talk a little bit about those couples who may be creating a joint revocable trust, where they may be putting each spouse may be putting an account that was titled individually into a new account that's titled to a joint trust how does that work
0: well so if you if you and your spouse are co-trustees of the trust and you take a separate asset and title it to the trust then you might have turned it into community property you likely have turned it into community property unless you have been very clear about what what you have done so the trust document itself could say and the the assets from in my uh, big bank account big bank inc big bank na account um, will continue to be my separate property and managed only by me as co-trustee of the trust and, and you could probably maintain the separate nature of your property if you were very careful about it i think actually uh, one way that i kind of like to describe this transition from separate property to community property is that under most states law that have community property, most community property states law, it's extremely easy to turn separate property into community property and it's extremely hard to turn community property into or back into separate property. So once you have done the thing that commingles or that that puts your spouse's name on the account, uh, then it's very hard to undo that thing you need to be very careful about that if it's if that's important
1: and Robert I think the term that's often used is tracing
0: right <laughs> uh,
1: tracing tracing the path of that property uh, when it starts as sole and separate property and becomes community and then may need to uh, be unwound later it's something that we don't often go into great detail with our clients about unless they're coming in to do an estate plan and they both are coming from a separate property state or they have a prenuptial agreement. I would just tell people that when we slow down and start to ask questions about the titles of your accounts, if you're not sure if the account that you're coming to us to talk to to us about is a joint account and has both of your names on it, don't guess. When we give you your questionnaire to fill out, please take a look at those bank statements and go online or look at what's come in the mail and make sure that you're giving us accurate information because while you may have your spouse as a signer on an account, that in essence does not make it a joint account. And so this all gets kind of complicated quickly. So we do ask for a lot of details in our estate planning meetings, and that's one of the reasons why I would tell you with community property, it's an interesting topic. There's just terrifically interesting case law on it. And I would tell you, tell you that when people come in, I don't like to say that they're wrong when they misunderstand community property. I just try and back up a couple steps so that we're all working with the same understanding.
0: It's also pretty important to note that the rules about community property, that most of the, the, the cases that you describe are divorce cases and the rules in a divorce context are somewhat different because of a concept called quasi-community property in which the divorce court is going to treat separate property uh, in many cases as if it was community property if it was property earned during the marriage in a different jurisdiction that is not a community property jurisdiction it'll be treated as if it were community property there is not a quasi-community property concept in probate so when we do estate planning and we handle estates uh, we are not looking at the quasi-community property rules at least not in arizona some other community property states do adopt a quasi-community property rule in the probate context as well. Okay, I started by saying this is really pretty simple, and, uh, <laughs> and I've convinced myself it's more complicated than I think, but I, don't, I really don't want people to be scared of the community property issue. You have not made a horrible mistake by getting married in a community property state, uh, even if your assets and your spouse's assets are different, uh, you have different wealth um, and in fact, there are some very positive things about community property law that, that we haven't talked about, particularly the estate tax and income tax effect of community property law um, that are really quite beneficial to the surviving spouse, uh, even if it's the, maybe even especially if the surviving spouse is the one who brought the most wealth into the marriage. So we can talk about that on some other occasion community property it's a lot of fun everybody should try it um, it's uh it's the system it's the default system of property ownership in about uh, about 10 states um, and um, uh, or it can be a, it can be implemented it can be used utilized in in about a dozen almost a dozen states um, it's not that complicated do I believe that uh, <laughs>
1: Well, Robert, I'm going to share my law school outline from community property class with you and we can we can we can <laughs> chat about it, that over a, a glass of wine. I really enjoyed chatting with people with their questions about community property and we hope that you'll come in to us if you have any of those.
0: Well, on that note, let's wrap it up for this week. This is Robert Fleming. I've been talking with Elizabeth Noble Rawlings Freeman. We are two of the lawyers at the Arizona Tucson, Arizona Elder Law Firm of Fleming and Curdy PLC. This is Elder Law Issues, our weekly podcast, and we hope to, um, to be talking to you in a week. Thanks.